welcome to episode 6 of the Game Disco Podcast. I'm joined as ever by my co-host, the wonderful Harry. Yes, and in person for the first time in six months. Amazing, actually being in the same room as you. It's bizarre, isn't it? It's is surreal. Very surreal, very strange. So this month, um, we went today, we went to Four Quarters. Yes, the new one. The new Four Quarters, so the gaming bar, um, which is in Elephant Castle. Yes. Very cool. Um, and it was really good. Really good fun. Really good time, really good fun. Um, had a couple of pints. Um, great selection of games. Great selection of games. Actual arcade machines that are run on physical quarters, because they are four quarters. Yeah, very cool. Nice touch. Uh, got to play Outrun. That was amazing. Which was amazing. Complete with it moving, shifting side yeah. to side. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I've ever played. Possibly I played it when I was a lot younger. I don't remember. Normal. Playing it, not no. Normally, it's been fixed with a wheel, but not shifting side by side. No. That was definitely my favourite. Yeah, uh, way too hard though, like ri- ridiculous. I think didn't just never got past stage one. I enjoy yeah. playing Crazy Taxi again on an actual oh, yeah. cabinet. Um, I don't remember being that slow though. I thought it was crazier than that, but uh, yeah, a bit too slow. You yeah. maybe you just you didn't have it in the right gear. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, get taxi ride apparently. <laughs> You probably had it in manual in, in first gear or something. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. Should have pressed the nitro. Um, I was played, what else did I play? Chase HQ. Point blank. Point blank was good. That but, was really good. What else did we play? Simpsons. I haven't gosh, seen that yes. for ages. I saw I saw that Simpsons arcade in the US a few years ago. But that's the only I think that's the only time that You never played it? Outside? Yeah, no, I, outside no no, outside the, no, outside there. Outside the US, I don't think. And fun yeah. facts to those that were interested. Um, the Marge character, if you electrocute her, you can see a pair of rabbit, at, rabbit ears. Um, because uh, her original design was going to be um, Life in Hell. She'd be a rabbit in the TV show. But then Fox are like, no, let's not do that. that that's silly. But yeah, the arcade game, yeah. she has the ears. There you go. You heard it here first. Yeah. Game of Disco Podcast. <laughs> fun facts. Fun facts. <laughs> that's not that fun, actually. That's strange. <laughs> Um, uh, best value one as well, I think, because that game went on forever, like so many lives. Yeah. Outrun, you know, great fun, but like it's over in two minutes. Yeah. Oh, you didn't t- way too hard. But Simpsons went, yeah, good few lives on that. I was yeah. quite chuffed. The Tron game was quite fun. Oh, I didn't play the Tron game. Quite, I looked at simple, up, but... <laughs> simple, yeah, Tron setup, but that's yeah, off. Oh, really cool. Excellent. I um, miss real events in arcades. Yeah, I do. Ever since um. I don't know, like I mean, nothing really matches Sega World. I think. I mean, very that sad was... that um, Namco shut down. Oh, yeah, Namco's, Namco just shut down. R.I.P. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's still got other. There are other Namco's. Oh, arcades, just but the London one, of course, that everyone knows. Yeah. In just by London Eye. Yeah. County Hall. I um, remember the. Um, it's no more. Secret Agent Games. Did you play that? Never the... played. No, never played the, the laser beams. Laser beams and, and smoke. And yeah, you had to dodge the uh, lasers like a secret agent, like a Mission Impossible style thing. It was very, very good. Yeah, yeah I think I just played Time Crisis. I think the Time Crisis. <laughs> you and Time Crisis. It is a bit of an obsession. It's pretty good. There's an arcade in. Um, it's a bit completely random. And there's an arcade in in Ride in the Isle of Wight. Oh yeah. Um, and I was quite excited because they've got a few, two, a few. Literally, it's mostly fruit machines, to be honest. But, you know, unfortunately, as a lot of arcades are now. These days it always is. And yeah. about three arcades 
actual retro arcade games, old arcade games. One was Time Crisis 2, yeah, one was T2. And it was great, except the second screen wasn't working. So you just do one player. So I was like, oh, well. But I got to play one player. Better than nothing. That's good. But um, I want to play with my mate, but... Anyway. But yeah, what fun at Four Quarters. It's nice that places like this are still springing up and um, booming. They're doing very well. Yeah, it seems to be, yeah. Just just opening. It seemed pretty busy, quite lively. So yeah. Yeah. Really good. Really, really good. And um, we're going to be chatting later to Joe, who's the operations manager for mm. Four Quarters. So looking forward to that. Yeah. It's quite enjoyable. Really good. Yeah. So, game news. Gaming news. On to the gaming news, Harry. It's Go that, for it. It's that time. So, not much this this month um, besides Gamescom stuff. Because, of course, Gamescom happened recently. Um, some game announcements. Um, Marvel announced something called Marvel Midnight Suns, which is basically like a, a XCOM game, but with Marvel characters. Could be a laugh. There's a new Saints Row game coming out. Did you play Saints Row? Loved Saints Row, yeah. yeah. Like a fun version of GTA. It was. So, it was which one? Did I, I'm trying to think. I think it was. I think I played three. I mix there's so many, so many of the sequels. But I think it was Saints Row three or four, and then yeah, it yeah. was it was very fun. They were very, quite silly, ridiculously they? absurd and silly. Just mad. But yeah, I just you know everyone knows everyone you know everyone knows GTA and it's great, but it's very grounded, very. I wouldn't say it's background. No, but not ground. No, it's not that. But but it's it's. It's not Saints Row. It's not Saints Row. They just took it to a different level. They did. Uh, So yeah, a new one of those coming February two thousand twenty-two. Excellent. What else? Uh, Blasphemous uh, sequels are announced, so that's coming out as well. And Dream Cycle, which is from the creator of Lara Croft, a psychological adventure where you can slash, shoot, and loot through over ten thousand worlds, apparently. Who with, knows? With some kind of Lara Croft character? Or I think? have no or idea. I mean, maybe. Who knows? I mean, they've done Lara Croft, so... Yeah. Maybe time to do something new, perhaps. Lara's done enough. She's, she's had a time. She's had a time. Yeah, she, she's, she's definitely had enough games and films, you know. No multiple films? Was there just one Lara Well, Croft? there was the Angelina Jolie films, yeah, and yeah. then they were good. But then yeah. there was the recent Alicia Vikander one. I haven't seen that one. Is it? It's... It's quite good, but like it got a bit too wanky and a bit bogged down with you know plot points set up for future sequels. Uh, okay. Then of course the sequels didn't happen because they didn't make enough money. So, oh well. Yeah, I can recommend it though. It, it is good fun. Um, other news. Speaking of uh, films, Netflix, their gaming, Netflix gaming, did a soft launch in Poland. Of all places, ah, <laughs> only on Android as well. So it's basically um, you can play games on your phone whilst interacting with Netflix. Um, yeah, they've released um, two sort of Stranger Things games as a sort of a litmus test. Yeah. Um, they're starting slow, but it's exciting. I think the future's right there. If they can get that right, that'll be good fun to play. Mm. There was a Stranger Things. Have you ever played? They did a Stranger Thing. They released one on, um, on the Apple, on the App Store. No, I didn't. And you yeah, didn't. I've got it. Yeah, it was quite addictive. I never really got into I liked the first series of Stranger Things and never got into the I think it was on, it's, what is it, on Series 3 or 4? Series but, 3 and then yeah, 4 was coming out soon. I watched the first 2 and then didn't get into Season 3. But, they're they're yeah, quite the similar. Were, like, yeah, I just kind of lost, I mean, lost interest. Definitely enjoyable. Yeah, it was enjoyable, but just, yeah. I think what was good was the secret cinema did Stranger Things. Right. And like for the first time, they weren't showing film. They were just literally, they recreated the world of Stranger Things 
in real life. That that's, was great. That's good. That was enjoyable. Did you do it? I did. Excellent. I did. Really good fun. Um, but yeah, that's finished. I think the next one's something else. So. Bridgerton they're doing at the moment. I'm, I'm following. That's Bridgerton. the current. That's, yeah, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, which is the current um, secret cinema. Oh, and they did do Dirty Dancing. And then, of course, because COVID hit, so they started it. That would have been very Couldn't dirty finish dancing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they they bring it back. <laughs> um, any other news this month? There was one. There was a bit of controversy recently. Uh, so oh, okay. Steam Steam came under fire for their two hour refund policy window. So basically, every Steam game has a blanket policy where if you get a refund within two hours, mm. you get refunded automatically. Um, but a lot of games last less than two hours. Like this one here, um, Summer of 58, a game by um, uh, Emika Games. Um, yeah, um, game that lasts only about 90 minutes. People just got refunds straight after playing it. Mm. And she got a bit upset. And uh, I think they're addressing that. But uh, definitely needs to be addressed because game creators do need to be paid fairly for their work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, even short games... That's oh, you need to get error. exactly. Yeah, you need to you need to get something. What? Well, just shorten it to thirty minutes. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the refund policy, the window is there to yeah. stop someone who might have been, I don't know, scammed or hacked or whatever, or I don't know, or just don't join, don't enjoy it. So, but yeah, half an hour. That, that seems fair. half an hour seems fair, right? Yeah. There we go. Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> they should have come straight to they us. Should have straight to us. Solution right there. Gosh. <laughs> Right, great. We'll do some more problems, Harry. This is good. We're going to do this. <laughs> we are. We haven't planned it, but uh, um, that's it. Here we go. So, so um, four quarters. Good four fun. Four quarters. Very good. And um, you definitely have an interview it. with the ops manager. And I've got an interview with the ops manager. Interesting. So that is coming up very soon. And before we do that, okay, we should cover our Sonic Dash competition. Yes, yes, yeah. the Sonic Dash competition. It was a. Uh, how many people into Not Sonic, not Sonic Rush. Oh, for God. Sonic Dash. <laughs> I couldn't remember. It was very hard. It was very difficult. I think you just had it in your fix in your head. It was Sonic Rush. One of those things Sonic when you, you think it's this and it's not. But Sonic Rush was a Sonic game for the um, the DS back in the day. And um, Fair enough. Yeah. So, um, I had a really high end. Drum roll. Really, yeah, we do it. We had a really high entry. I mean, my we drum was about eleven thousand. I thought that was quite good, but no. mine was terrible. I mean, I'm not even going to say what mine was, but it was it was not good. No, um, pretty pretty terrible. In fun, it's a fun game to play, but yeah, it's not not my game. Uh, but um, Carrie, can you give me a drum roll, please, for this uh, the winner? Give Adam post of sound the- better. <laughs> The winner of the Sonic Sonic? Sonic. The winner of the Sonic Dash competition is Charlie with a high score four hundred and fifty two thousand four hundred and seventy. Well done, Charlie. Well done, Charlie. That's quite impressive actually. That's um, much higher than we thought. And Harry, tell them what they've won. They've won a steam code. They have. Excellent. <laughs> um, I forget what I think it all for. It's for eldest souls. Wonderful, excellent. Well, so we'll be, um, we'll you've emailed us, so we'll email that over to Charlie. And more um, competitions coming soon. And more competitions coming soon. So keep listening. Yeah, keep um, playing. Keep playing. Right over to Joe. 
at Four Quarters. Um, your interview. And over the interview. Hi, um, I'm here with Joe Dowling, who's the operations manager for Four Quarters. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Hey, nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. Pleasure to meet you too. Um, let's let's crack straight into it. Um, I just wanted to yeah ask how how did Four Quarters start? How did it all so come if we about? go back to yes. if we go back to sort of 2011, I started to sort of come up with ideas of something I'd, I'd like to do in the future. And the one idea that kept coming back to me was some sort of arcade bar. Um, and then I ended up reaching out to a, a guy called Tom Humphrey, who at that time ran his own retro game-related business called Handbake Arcade. And we ended up setting up a video game shop. So we set up a Ooh. retro game shop in Streatham called Retro Game Base. Yeah. And we opened that in... 2012 um, and then eventually we found the people to, to take the next step and open four quarters which by then become a fully fledged concept of a of UK's first arcade bar and we uh, we reached out for our socials and found a couple of people who had similar ideas and in the end there was actually five of us uh, and we opened four quarters in Peckham in 2014. Excellent. And then you had the Hackney one. Was that two or three years later? Oh. Yeah, so obviously the first one was a proof of concept. Yeah, It, it worked. It was a steep learning curve because none of us had really done hospitality before. Or, okay. you know, I had, we had experience of, of a small business, but this was something quite different. So yeah. you know, it took a few years to find our feet. But once we did, and it also rec- sort of uh, coincided with Peckham really growing as a, as a nighttime destination. Yeah. We found we we were ready to take the step and open a second venue, and we found the, the place in in Hackney Wick, and and we went went for it in two thousand and seventeen February. Brilliant! Ah, oh, fantastic! And what was um obviously you mentioned the challenges. I imagine there were quite a lot, especially as you hadn't worked as you said you hadn't worked in hospitality before. What were kind of the biggest stumbling blocks in the first like six months or so? I think just you know, a bit of naivety. Um, and just getting, you know, a new industry. Obviously, there's so much passion and excitement at the start, and you work silly hours. You know, the first time I poured a pint professionally was the day we opened. And no way. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's just you know, thinking back at the time. I mean, you know, it just seemed seems like a crazy thing to have done, but uh, you know, it was great fun. Can't say it didn't ruin my health a bit because <laughs> being around all that booze. But uh, you know, first few years were a bit of a a roller coaster, but yeah, challenge-wise, I mean, it's just you know the normal sort of stuff in business, getting your head around the balancing the books and you know running a hospitality venue and dealing with the council and all that sort of stuff, dealing with customers, dealing with you know uh, firefighting problems, you know, how, anything that anyone who's who's run a business would would understand. Sure, absolutely. I wondered if. Um, with the arcades as well, because obviously because they're older machines, is that, um, I imagine they present their own challenges in terms of maintenance and, and they just kind of break down or? They absolutely do, yeah. I mean, from every angle, there's, there's, a, you know, there's a challenge there. So just from the sourcing of the games, it's hard enough. Right. But luckily, one of our, one of my business partners, Simon Dennison, okay. had, he had very good contacts in that industry because, well, that hobby circle i suppose would be more apt because you know if you if you're just anyone trying to buy 
these vintage arcade machines, you're going to get jacked okay. on eBay or whatever. There's a lot of unscrupulous um, ah. operators out there who'll sell you a machine for a lot less, for a lot more than it's actually worth. So, right. you know, most of the arcade machines change hands within collector circles, and that's something you have to work your way into. Um, but in terms of keeping them maintained, of course, yeah. I mean, these machines are designed to be played, but you know, they develop a lot of faults, and finding parts is a challenge. But Tom, who I mentioned earlier, yeah, he really took on that side of the business, and now he's a he's um, full a full time engineer for the wow. business now. Oh, fantastic! Excellent. Um, and in terms of what are you, you've got, I presume you've got personal favourites. What's your favourite ones? Of course. I mean, we've all got different favourites, but uh, my my tastes are a bit a bit more eclectic, I would say. Okay. Uh, you know, my background started off with ZX, ZX Spectrum, the old rubber key classic. Yeah. You know, with hundreds of great games and moved through certain consoles like NES and SNES and PlayStation. But my all-time favourite is the Commodore Amiga. Right. A big fan of sensible software like Sensible World of Soccer and Cannon Fodder, probably two oh, of my absolute favourites. Right. Speedball 2, you know, Bitmap Brothers, and there's just so many yeah. great games. But uh, arcade wise, I think uh, my all time favourite is probably Smash TV, which is just so much fun. Oh, Smash TV. Have you got, is that in which venue is that? In. So we've currently got Total Carnage, which isn't as good okay. at the Elephant and Castle, but Smash TV is over at the Hackney Wick venue, I believe. Ah, oh, I'll have to check that out. I've only ever, I played it on the, I think it was on the Super Nintendo. Well, I mean, it's just not the same. If you're not playing it on the arcade, because it's, it's a twin-stick shooter. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you ever played uh, Robotron. No, I haven't played Robotron. Eugene Jarvis's Twin Stick masterpiece from 1982. Oh, so it's the first, the original Twin Stick shooter. So one one stick moves, one stick fires, and it just brings a, a level of intensity you don't really get in other games, especially on a console. You know, because you've got joypad, it's just never yeah. quite the same. So I mean, whereas a lot of games do translate well to home computers, that one you need to have the experience. Definitely, well, I definitely will have to check that out. Excellent. Um, um, can you tell me, Joe, what what your the favourite games of your partners are? Certainly. I mean, I know that uh, Fran, who's one of my other business partners, is absolutely obsessed with R Type, which anyone who grew up in that era, late eighties, will, um, will know how how bloody hard that game is. So he's 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 got a lot more, you know. Very good reactions, and he's he's more into sort of that, you know, really frustratingly hard kind of games that people like me tend to avoid. Uh, I'd say, you know, I'm just trying to remember what, what Tom's favourites were. I mean, he he likes pretty much the whole gamut. Um, I think, yeah, I, I don't actually remember. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, that's all right. Um, and and what about the um, yeah the favourite games customers favourite games? Well, that one's much easier to answer because um, I mean when we open Peckham, you know customers we'd have a lot of being behind the bar. You you talk to customers a lot more back then, which was really nice. Yeah. And the one game that kept cropping up was Time Crisis Two. Yeah, my favourite. So we, 
well, it seems to be everybody's, yeah. but we, we did source one, I think it was probably about 2016, and that has always been the eternal, perennial favourite for, for our customers, and, um, you know, we, 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 we've now sourced another one to go in our Elephant and Castle venue. It's one of those games that people are always going to want to play, but aside from that, those sort of late nineties gun games are always popular, like House of the Dead, Point yeah. Blank, and uh, from the classics, Pac Man is, is just you know it's such an intuitive game. And anyone who we, we have a lot of people come to our bars who just you know may have never played a video game or you know very rarely, and anybody can play that game and, and know what to do and and enjoy it. And especially with our female customers, it's this one game that perhaps they gravitate towards more than others so yeah those and the driving games of course are always popular like sega rally daytona and now we've got ridge racer 2 at the new venue which is my current favorite actually. ah okay i and i played you had i think you had outrun you've got outrun yeah i'd say actually now you mentioned that's probably up there with tom's tom's top five and it is probably our most coveted game because it's the hydraulic sit-down version that actually moves as you play i'm not sure i'm sorry sorry so i came to obviously i came to the venue a few days ago and i'm not sure i'm not sure i played outrun in the hydraulics like the you probably it was probably occupied (laughs) the whole time it's quite popular yeah oh i managed i managed to have a go at your at the four quarters in elephant in an elephant park but i haven't played it before i'd only ever played it i think Oh, with a wheel, and I was, I was, yeah, I was really impressed. I mean, you can hear it, you can hear it, sort of creaking mechanically, like you're aware that it's an older machine. Yeah. Um, it is a bit of a ride, isn't it? Yeah, like, a bit of a ride, but really good fun. That was one of my favourites. Um, really good. You know, thirty-five-year-old technology. Exactly. Is it just going to fall apart and throw me out? <laughs> no, that that sto- that game's actually got a bit of a story because okay. it's one of the few, if perhaps the only one we've picked up at an auction. Oh. We bought it from an auction in Northern Ireland and had it shipped over. Okay. And then that was a restoration project, so that definitely the most valuable machine we own. Wow. wow. How long did it take to restore? Well, I think that one was about six months. You know, it's an ongoing thing. I mean, there's always about 10 or 15 machines being being worked on at our storage unit in Swanley oh, wow. uh, by Tom and his... And Billy, who, who's his sidekick at the moment, and uh, you know they've always got a few machines on the go. But that one was a particular, you know, passion project because Tom really wanted to make it the best it could be, and it's probably one of the you know better examples of that particular machine that's that's around at the moment. Yeah, no, it's, it it was really it was excellent, really really good. Can't can't fault it, except it's just too hard. But it's damn hard that game i mean you've got the whole uh, elephant and castle venue it's a really great place for people who like driving games you've got the whole whole gamut of, of driving games from pole position which is actually the very first arcade game i ever played all oh, right back in the late 80s um, there was a cab office mini cab office near me yeah. that had three or four arcade machines okay. actually where i first played smash tv but that that would guzzle all my pocket money far too quickly. <laughs> but pole position, I used to, I was just enamoured with it because it had a steering wheel, you know. And, um, but I was just so bad at it because it's such a hard game. And then we've got Ridge Racer 2, which is a drift racer, which is just so much fun. 
Outrun, and I think we've also got Sega Rally. So yeah, whatever kind of driving game you're into, we've got you covered. I can recommend. I played uh, Chase HQ as well. Ah, we've got that too. Which yeah. is a, that's a real classic, isn't it? And that's the first time I played it. Actually, that was really good. That's another one of Fran's favourite games. Actually, the original, which is our Peckham menu, which again is an incredibly difficult game. So. Wow, excellent. Um, and just wanted to switch switch up a little bit. How did you cope with lockdown and everything? I, like, I mean, that must have been a bit of a nightmare. Well, actually, it was because it wasn't you know just one lockdown. There was so many different phases yeah. to it. You know, the first phase was the unknown and the worry. And as a business owner, I'm sure every business owner out there, especially in hospitality, just struggled with the sheer unknown future and for me the, the only way I could sort of get through it was I started playing football manager for the first time in like seven years and I played it relentlessly in that first lockdown because it's probably the last chance I'd ever get to to waste that much time and um, that kind of kept me you know from worrying too much and um, then obviously I think we opened slowly and it, there was a lot of challenges you know our Hackney Wick venue did quite well because we had an outdoor space which they allowed us to extend. So we're very grateful to our landlords there. Whereas the Peckham Bar, because it didn't have an outside, or doesn't have an outside yeah. space, was a huge struggle and our landlord wouldn't give us a penny off. Mm. Um, and then obviously the second lockdown happened you know, around Christmas. And this time I managed to just sort of let go, you know, say whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Right. And I started creative writing. So I actually wrote a novel and some short stories. And uh, that that got me through wow. that second lockdown, which was you know it's kind of when you look back at it, it was actually quite a, a good time because you didn't have day to day pressure of work, and you know I managed to do five or six hours a day on on something that was a passion of mine. So you know, quite in a weird way, um, it wasn't so bad. But then the, there was always that fear: you know, would trade ever return to normal? But, yeah. but things things seem to have headed in the right direction. No, well, that's good. I mean, you obviously just opened the Elephant Park venue that only opened like what was that, a month ago, basically. Yeah, well, I mean, it's only a couple of weeks, so that should have actually opened in October of last year. Right, and then it was the next date was May, but yeah. obviously due to Corona factors, that got pushed back to eventually August. But you know, it's hit the ground running, and Peckham's slowly recovered and is almost back to how it used to trade. So, you know, things are, are definitely oh, that's good. about as good as they as we could have hoped. Excellent. How did you out of interest, so how did you guys pick wh- where you where the sites were? Is it is it a particular area I mean, training for or you know, there's no magic formula, it's some of it's luck and you know, using a bit of judgment mm-hmm. and obviously we don't want the venues on top of each other, so sure. you know it, we always look at a few different areas and and take everything on its merits. But the you know the, the Hackney Wick venue when that came up, we were like you know we all instantly said you know this is a good site for us. Yeah. And and it did prove to be. It's, it's you know eventually it overtook Peckham in terms of turnover. And um, although the first couple of winters were very challenging there, mm. but you know we, we, we always had faith it would become a, a year round operation, and, and that's proved to be. Um, and then you know Elephant and Castle. I don't know how much, you, how well you know the area, but I mean, most people who know London would know what, 
what it used to be like. Yeah, and pretty, pretty. I've just always had a, a, an eye on it, and because it's the sort of last sort of you know central area that to be developed. Yeah, it, it seemed like, and there's so much, you know, such good transport links and university there and you know so many residents now it just seemed like the right place for us with bearing all the factors in mind you know it's a neighborhood but it's got good transport links and all that so you know that, that's what we look for is you know does it have a good yeah. residential catchment is it reasonably you know easy to get to and that sort of thing for those um, for those people who've yet to visit the Elephant and Castle Four Quarters, it's it's really fantastic. It's in Elephant Park, and there's development with there's lovely kind of green space in the middle, and then you've got restaurants and some bars. It's a really good place to go, actually, and it's it's really close. Yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah, we're tucked away a little bit because that end where we are on Ash Avenue is currently a a bit of a dead end, mm. um, but it will eventually be you know full cut through and. You know, it is a nice area yeah. now, and anyone who remembers the Haygate Estate, you, know, you probably would never have thought you'd say that. But um, you know, I, I'm aware of issues around gentrification, yeah. and, you know, social cleansing, and, and all that, and that's a wider conversation. Yeah, yeah it's I'm, not <laughs> not a conversation for the podcast, but yeah, I'm I'm, exactly. I'm with you on that. It's but it is cool. you know the landlords have done a great job of engaging various communities around there and it is a really nice mix of traders and they've got very specific ideas of how I think should look and you know the, the place has got a, a very cohesive feel to it I think and when, when it's fully complete you know it'll be a real destination it's a proper town centre they're building there so you know when everything comes together in a few years I think it'll be one of the sort of socialising destinations in London, you know, and especially the amount of residents who, who they've brought in too. So I'm very optimistic it'll be a, a good area for us. Excellent. Oh, cool. I wonder, did you, did you ever look at Tooting at all? I'm... Well, I'm, I'm from out that way. Oh, so, I mean, I grew up in Worcester Park, which is near Sutton, right. which is just down, basically keep going down the uh, A24, and and that's where I'm from. So I know Tooting quite well. It's a, it's, I think the reason we never looked at Tooting was because it, it's completely tied up with Antic, who are public. Ah, yes. Yeah. You know, that's their heartland. Right. You know, we just thought it, it's quite difficult to compete with them around there. But times have changed, you know, and yeah. it's, not, it's an area I would definitely look at again. I mean, I, I would feel... In the future. I mean, I know obviously Antic have a lot of the venues in that area, because some great, great pubs. But you, yeah. you, I feel you, you've got a different proposition because they are like the Antelope, uh, which is a popular local in, in Tooting. They're, yeah. they're pubs. First and foremost, yeah. it's about beer and drinks. And your first mm. and foremost, I feel like a mecca for anyone who loves computer games. Well, there, there is that. But I mean, we, our mantra is bar first, games second. Right. You know? okay. So contrary to that, our bars have to be a place that people would like to go and drink mm. who, who maybe don't even care for games or play them a little bit and then have a drink because you know other operators work the other way around and for us it's you know all our bars have to be somewhere where you'd well, I personally would want to go and have a pint even if I'm not playing a game so but but yeah Tooting's definitely you know we did look at Balham 
it's probably yeah. a bit too, you know, a bit too um, yummy mummy, I suppose. Yeah, I, us, I know but... exactly what it's exactly the term I would use as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's very few areas we would completely write off, and but Tooting's got so much going for it now, you know. Yeah, it's really strong, really strong area. Um, and what, um, out of interest, have you? Are there any other arcades that have inspired you with yours, like in the UK or, or anywhere else in the world? Well, I'm not going to lie. I mean, Barcade was a massive influence on on what we chose to do. You know, the the concept of taking arcade games, classic arcade games, and combine it with craft beer. Yeah, was uh, you know they're the the grand granddaddy of that whole concept and any, anyone who's opened an arcade by anywhere in the world has, has almost certainly taken some influence from them and they're they're not slow to remind people you know if you ever use the term barcade in uh, you know in hashtag or anywhere they'll send you a cease and desist before you can blink but um, you know they've built something amazing and you know if it wasn't for them i probably never had, had the idea of four quarters uh, you know we were the first uk arcade bar operator but there's other people in similar space like loading who are a bit more yeah sort of games industry focused and now we've got nq64 up north who, who do a similar thing but more aimed at maybe a younger crowd so you know i'm sure we're gonna go toe to toe in in a city before long so because we're i didn't mention that earlier but we're we're looking to expand out of london ah. asap Interesting. Whereabouts, or can you can you say, or is it? We've got a few irons in the fire. Um, I can say that the place we we're most strongly looking at at the moment is Bristol. Excellent. Okay. Well, you heard it here first on the Game of Disco podcast. Potential fourth venue, four quarters. Excellent. Absolutely. Excellent. And then um, Fran, Fran's a Geordie, so I know it's a, a long way away, right. but uh, Newcastle's high up on that list, and. Uh, Mark's actually from Birmingham, who's one of the other owners. So <laughs> there's a lot of places we'd like to. That's good. You know, open you've up. got some good ge- good knowledge then. Geographic. It definitely helps. Yeah, it definitely helps. Because I think if you go into a city blind, you know, without any without any local knowledge, you can come a cropper. Um, you know, it happens a lot. I mean, speaking to people in Bristol, you know, there's a lot of London operators have come down and sort of plonked down their flag. Like I know Meat Liquor okay. came a cropper pretty quickly when they opened in Stoke Croft because, you know, they said, this is what we do. And Bristol said, no, this is not what we do. So, right. you know, you have to understand a city, I think, and understand an area, you know. I'm sure one day we'll, we'll make a, a bad choice ourselves on on a venue and um, you know I've got to say I look at certain you know even in Peckham there's certain parts of Peckham I, I wouldn't open a bar just because I don't think it would be successful so even within a local area that you know has a good nighttime economy you've still got to choose the right street or the right area yeah absolutely absolutely um, cool I think that that wraps it up, Joe. It just remains to say uh, thank you very much, Joe. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. And um, we'll catch you next time at Four Quarters. Okay, I'll be waiting by a Ridge Racer 2, ready to take on all comers. That's it. All right. Cheers, Joe. Speak to you later. <laughs> Bye. Ah, uh, that was great. Thank you very much, Joe. 
Yeah, um, really good interview. Yeah. Really interesting. Nice um, guy. Yeah, really nice guy. Um, right, so that's it. That's the end of end of episode six. End of another episode. Well, what we haven't said is what we've been playing this month. We haven't. Good we point. Know. We do. Um, start with you, Harry. What have you been playing? So, of all games, uh, Portal 2. Oh, like, nice. You know these games where you suddenly get nostalgia yeah. that comes out of nowhere and you think, you yeah, know what, I'd like to play that again. And luckily, if you haven't sold all your games to buy a new console, then you can do that. Excellent. I like being an adult. Yeah, oh, nice. <laughs> so, that's like back in the day when you were a kid and you, you trade in your old console and all the games just to get some money off new console that's coming out. Um, but you wouldn't keep things and play them again, which is very sad. Or was that, was that just me? Um, that was just you. No, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, tra- I'm sure I traded in some games. I know. I think I tend to just trade games with friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I did trade in some games. Must have done. Must have done. It's but, a funny thing, isn't it? Like these days, people have either massive game collections or just like nothing. And I feel like physical yeah. games aren't really a thing anymore. It's all going digital. Yeah, it's true. I've got thing. some. Yeah, it's sad. I've got my, you know, I've got some consoles up, upstairs. But I've been playing. I just use my Switch a lot to play yeah. NES and Super NES games. Fair. Um, so I've been playing a lot of Street Fighter Two. That's a good game. Which is great. I mean, I'm I'm we'll absolutely suck at it, but <laughs> it's it's good fun. That's that's pretty good. Been playing that with a couple of mates. So yeah, I miss playing that at game of disco events. Yeah. Hopefully, Me too, Harry. Start Hopefully, soon. touch wood. Touch wood. Okay. We will. We will get them. We will get it going. They will happen again. So tweet us. You know, tweet, tweet us. us. Favorite memories of gamer disco. Exactly. Tweet us your favorite gamer disco memories, and also uh, your favorite arcade memories. Yes. Yeah, arcades. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, send it. Send it through to us, um, and we'll give you a shout out in the next episode. Yeah. The best ones. As ever, on all the socials, we are at Gamer Disco on Insta, on Twitter, and on Facebook. Yeah. Actually, Facebook is not at, it's just, you know, slash Gamer Disco. So cool. Uh, Hopefully, uh, well, thank you very much for listening, guys, as usual, and um, we will catch you next time. Yeah. Okay, see you later, guys.